Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Joyful Courage podcast, a place for information and inspiration on the conscious parenting journey. The conversations you'll hear on this show are all intended to offer you tools for moving forward, expanding your lens and shifting your narrative to one of possibility, connection, and empowerment. When we bring deep listening, acceptance, and courage to our relationships, we are doing our part to evoke it in the world. I am thrilled to partner with you on this path. Hey everybody, Naomi Gottlieb Miller is my guest today on the podcast. Naomi is a mom, yoga teacher, self-care advocate, activist, Air Force spouse, and Star Trek nerd. (laughs) She is passionate about working with busy moms and empowering them to take better care of themselves so they can rewrite the story of what healthy motherhood feels like. One of her favorite things about teaching yoga is making yoga fun and accessible for everyone she works with. Naomi is also passionate about helping people figure out how to make space in their busy lives for a daily yoga practice. Yay! Hi, Naomi. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, I'm happy to be here. Please share a little more with the listeners about who you are and what you offer the world. Okay, so I'm Naomi, and I have been teaching yoga for, oh, wow, this will be my 14th year teaching yoga. Um, I started actually when I was young, I guess you could say I was 24 when I started teaching yoga. And and I look back, or actually I was 23 when I first started, because I'm like, wait, but I'm turning 37 this year. I've got to <laughs> It's crazy how that happens. <laughs> well, you know, like when I think about it, it's like, well, this is my 14th year doing it. And, you know, I look back over all that time and there's this part of me that sort of thinks, wow, I can't believe that I've been teaching yoga this long. And at the same time, I can't imagine doing anything differently. Mm -hmm. And I often say, you know, teaching yoga saved my life Mm -hmm. or not even just teaching yoga, but, but discovering yoga, you know, like becoming a yoga teacher, you know, learning the practice of yoga saved my life. But I think that what it really did is it just shone a light into my life and it gave me the tools to use in order to turn my life in a different direction. Mm. And it was yoga ultimately that led me to where I am now, which is, you know, not only teaching yoga, but also offering support to moms like me who have, you know, really forgotten how essential it is to take care of themselves, you know, have really forgotten the value of, being their own person Mm -hmm. (laughs) and really reconsidering the way that we move through the world as mothers, but also as human beings separate from, from mothers. So, you know, yoga has, has been the key to take me from some really dark, unhealthy places in my life into a much more empowered and alive and awake and aware person, you know, who still has some, you know, major issues, (laughs) (laughs) like, I mean, who doesn't, but, um, (laughs) But, you know, also like is dealing with them, I think, in a more conscious way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I really appreciate you talking about your own growth and the path of growth that is always going to be ahead of us. Right. Because I talk about that a lot, too. I think that in the parenting conversation, there's this expectation or assumption of, well, like we're all heading to some destination of utopia where every, you know, everybody feels good all the time. And I think like there's that parallel journey with yoga as well, 
where there isn't really any destination. It's just simply getting on the mat every day and being with whatever shows up. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think that that's one of the things that they share in a lot of ways. And it's a good reminder. You know, I like to say that yoga is not just what you do on your mat, but it's how you live your life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the idea that in yoga, you know, whenever somebody says, well, I've mastered this pose, I'm like, really? (laughs) (laughs) Tell me about that. You know, like, I'm really, I'm fascinated, you know, because I've been doing yoga for God, like I started when I was 18. I started practicing yoga when I was 18. Um, and I'm about to turn 37, you know, this has been nearly two decades of my life and I can't even envision what it would feel like to master a pose, you know? Mm -hmm. And in the same way, like, you know, I remember a couple of years ago, I made some post on Facebook where I said, like, I really feel like I've turned a corner in parenting. You know, I really feel like, um, you know, like I just, I really get it now and I'm on top of it. And then, you know, like the next day it was just totally insane again. (laughs) Like I felt like I was, not on top of it. And then I had another kid and, you know, threw some more crazy into the mix. And, you know, like, I think some people would look at that and say, like, wow, this really sucks. And I'm never going to get anywhere. And I'm never going anywhere. But I kind of look at it as like, wow, this is a really interesting adventure, (laughs) you know, and what a great opportunity to explore myself and my life and you know, the dynamics of the relationships that, that I exist within, you know, not just with mm-hmm. my kids, but also with myself, because that one's the one that I've been in the longest. And, you know, it's it's constantly changing. Oh, yeah. And that's the one that will be with you till the end. Yep. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's the one that we really need to take care of, right? Yeah, yeah for sure. And, and the more we take care of that, the better that we show up for all the other people, all the other curves and turns and twists that is the journey of life. Totally. Talk a little bit about, so in your bio, you talk about helping moms to rewrite what healthy motherhood looks like. What do you mean by that? What does that mean to you? Oh, that's such a great question. I think the idea of motherhood is written by so many other people than us. You know, I think that motherhood is written by sitcom writers all the time. Oh, yeah. I think motherhood is written by mainstream media. I think motherhood is written by, you know, like sometimes very well-meaning mom bloggers. I'm a mom blogger. Like, I mean, you know, so I think that but but, you know, like I say, I think sometimes motherhood is written by everybody else. Mm -hmm. But we don't always take the time to write our own story. You know, we don't always take the time as, as moms to say, well, that's nice, but that doesn't work for me. You know, I mean, there are a lot of phenomenal mom bloggers out there and I look at them and I'm like, geez, like, I don't even know how you do it. And that's amazing. And sometimes it makes me feel bad about who I am as a mother. And other times I'm just like, whatever, you don't care. But, um, but most of the time I kind of look at it as, you know, this is really great. And I have to look at it more as inspirational or this doesn't, this doesn't work for me. This doesn't fit in with my vision of motherhood, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's okay. Um, but I think that a lot of times we compare ourselves to those other types of motherhood, you know, like Pinterest motherhood or, (laughs) um, Instagram motherhood, or, you know, like I said, even some of the, the hilarious, like scary mommy and, um, (laughs) like I love scary mommy. And then sometimes like there are pieces that I read on there that I'm like, wow, like 
all right, you're kind of putting me in my place a little, <laughs> a little bit, you know? And so like everything is going to influence us and it's also going to make us feel like we should, like it's all the shoulds start to mm-hmm. line up. Yeah. And I don't think that there's one perfect story of motherhood. I don't think there's one perfect version of motherhood. I think that everybody has to find their own. And so a lot of the work I do within the online programs that I offer and, you know, one-on-one coaching that I do is just saying, well, how, how do you want to be a mom? You know, like Mm -hmm. what supports you? Do you want to, you know, be making meals from scratch for your kids all day long? Or do you want to, you know, be at the park and do takeout every night? Like, you know, or somewhere in between, Mm -hmm. you know, do you like, what, what is it that is really calling to you as a mom and, and personally, and can you reconcile those things and say, this is who I am, not this version. I can appreciate that version, but it's not me, you know? So that to me is, is the rewriting of the story. Well, I really appreciate that. And I think that we have this tendency to forget that what we see through the blogs and through Pinterest and Instagram and Facebook is really exactly what that person wants us to see. Yeah. And it's not a complete picture. And I think, you know, some of us show up on the earth with a really easygoing temperament and some of us do not. And some (laughs) of us had models that were really healthy, connected examples of what parenthood looks like. And those models live inside of us and some of us do not. And so... I love that. And I also want to acknowledge that I do have fathers that listen to this show as well. So hi, dads. Hi, dads. I know we're talking about moms, but you're going to be okay. And I'm going to invite all the dads that are listening to consider how this conversation applies to them. So that's your challenge, Um, dads. And I also want to kind of parallel this with yoga, because I think that the same thing, everything that you just said about how any of us that have decided to dip our toe into yoga, I think bump up against all those same things, right? All those same models of what does it look like to have a yoga practice and what does it, because Instagram, I mean, it's, I can get sucked in so deeply into the, the yoginis that show up on Instagram and it's fascinating and they've mastered the camera angles and the speeds and it's like, oh my gosh, so bendy. And guess what? I'm not that bendy. Like my body is not that bendy. And so, you know, and it's this practice. So how do you see yoga and the way that you teach yoga and work with moms around yoga as a parallel to this, you know, this ideal that we can get trapped in this, you know, like you said, healthy motherhood, what's the healthy yoga? Oh, that's so hard too, because as somebody who is on Instagram and like, I have this like major conflict, you know, because Mm -hmm. I love what Instagram has done for broadening the reach of yoga in the world. You know, there's so many people now who do yoga just because of Instagram, purely because of Instagram. But the dark side is people only want to do the fancy stuff, Mm -hmm. right? Like they see those bendy people and they're like, well, yoga's not for me, or that's what I'm supposed to be doing. You know, they see even experienced teachers, you know, like the, the big issue that I have is there are a lot of people who are leading these challenges and doing these poses who aren't teachers, who haven't studied, who haven't done training, who mm-hmm. don't know their hamstrings from their scapula, you know, which aren't even too like scapulas of bone, the hamstrings mm-hmm. are muscles, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, 
and I look at them and I'm like, I'm just so glad that you're spreading the message of yoga. I just wish that there was a way to make it less competitive and less a popularity contest and less mm-hmm. that the merit goes to the people who, you know, fill out their spandex pants better and, you know, can do the fancier poses and not, you know, the teachers who are skilled and, you know, who are really trying to offer something into the world that is clear and um, empowering and really for everybody. Yeah. So I think that's those sort of parallel universes of Instagram. And so what actually what I try to do on Instagram, because I wear spandex, I'm I'm wearing spandex right now and leg warmers because it's cold in my house. Um, I I have my leggings on right now, girl. I'm with you. Sweet. Because (laughs) I, you know, like I love leggings. Like I think they're the best things ever. And I almost never wear anything else just because it's more comfortable. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, you know, and right now I live in the desert and it's hot and dry. So like I need, I can't wear jeans. Like it just doesn't make sense. Anyway, (laughs) back back to the more important thing. So, you know, like I wear spandex too, right? Like everybody wears leggings, you know, but what what I try to do when I practice is, you know, like my kids practice with me all the time, you know? Mm -hmm. So I tend to do these like sped up videos, you know, hyperlapse videos of, my kids doing yoga with me or on top of me or underneath me or like workouts. Cause I, you know, I do fitness. Mm-hmm. I, I don't teach it, but I, you know, often will film myself with my kids because they'll do it with me and mm-hmm. it's completely adorable. And sometimes it's a pain in my ass, you know, to be perfectly honest. And I say that too, you know, I say like, they look cute right now, but five minutes after I stopped recording this, like they dropped a big, you know, piece of jam covered toast on my yoga mat. And I yelled because I was pissed off. Um, You know, I mean, so what I try to do is I, you know, I try to post, you know, videos of like, hey, this is what my yoga practice looks like. People tell me all the time, they say, you know, I don't, I don't have time for yoga, or, you know, I don't have time to get on my mat, or my kids want to do it with me, or, you know, they, they just, they make it impossible for me to do yoga. And I'm like, check this business out. Mm -hmm. You know, like, yeah, it's not always perfect, but they don't do it every day. You know, they don't join me every day. And I get up early enough that some days they're not awake yet. Mm-hmm. You know, like I make it a priority like that, you know, when it comes to moving my body, like it is a non-negotiable daily priority, you know, part of my daily self-care. Yeah. But since, you know, like my kids sometimes wake up, it's like, hey, this is my real life. You know, like I sometimes do fancy poses too, but more often than not, like I'm just trying to do a downward facing dog without crushing my child, you know, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This podcast is sponsored by Factor. Are you old enough to remember TV dinners? They came in those tin trays and each part of the meal had its own little compartment. I remember eating those and watching Happy Days, followed by Three's Company, maybe a little Laverne and Shirley. I am that old. Well, the situation has been totally upgraded by Factor. Factor makes delicious, ready-to-eat meals. And unlike those quick meals of the past, every meal from Factor is fresh, never frozen, chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including meals that are calorie smart, protein plus, and keto if that's your thing. Also, there's more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. In my last order, we got red chicken chili tamale bowls and Italian sausage pizza casserole, as well as other delicious meals that my family loved. Plus, there's breakfast and smoothies and all sorts of other add-ons to make life simpler while also keeping it healthy. 
Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. They've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Right now, head to factormeals.com slash joyful50 and use code joyful50 to get 50% off. That's code joyful50 at factormeals.com slash joyful50 to get 50% off. So I've been getting groceries from Hungry Root for the last few months, and I am loving it. I use it to keep healthy snacks in the house, and I also order a few meal kits that are easy go-tos during the week. What I love is the variety that shows up in the box. Crunchy snacks, sweets, breakfast smoothies, whatever I've clicked as wanting comes to my door. My dietary wishes are different than my family's. The boys, Ben and Ian, they're always trying to build muscle and gain weight. I am not. Hungry Root gives so many options, it meets all of our needs. In our last box, we got cilantro lime chicken with jasmine rice, and it literally took me seven minutes to put together. Listen, after working all day and doing all the things for the fam, seven minutes to throw together dinner works for me. And the ingredients are good, like high quality good. Everything from Hungry Root follows a simple standard. It's got to taste good, be quick to make, and contain whole trusted ingredients. Save hours of planning, shopping, and cooking. Let Hungry Root deliver the food you love. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Joyful Courage podcast listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to hungryroot.com slash joy and get 40% off your first delivery and those free veggies. That's hungryroot.com slash joy. Don't forget to use our link so that they know we sent you. So that's sort of how I try to, how to combat, you know, the perfect, you know, Instagram bendy yoga poses with like, Hey, moms, real moms do yoga. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it looks like this. Sometimes it looks like this, but you know, there's a lot of gray area in between. I so appreciate that, Naomi, because I mean, you nailed it on the perceived barriers, right? The perceived Mm -hmm. barriers around, well, I have little kids. I don't have time. I don't have childcare. There are so many resources for dipping your toe in and making it happen and showing up. And I think that whether it's showing up to do yoga or, you know, any kind of self-care practice is going to require you to just do it. Hey, everybody, just showing up to check in and invite you to pause for a moment. Pause for a moment and consider what the content you are listening to is worth to you. Consider what kind of listener you are. You listen to the show every week. You're moved into action by what you hear. You find yourself saying, yes, someone gets me. I am so honored to create this podcast for you. I am also really thrilled to let you know that there is a way for you to be in support of its sustainability. You can become a Joyful Courage patron. Being a patron is giving back. Patrons pledge financial support that goes directly into the production of this podcast. You can pledge $1, $5, or $10 a month, whatever works for you, and know that it is a win-win. 
you exchanging energy with me and making a statement about what the podcast means to you. Can I get a big hell yes? Thank you to everyone who has already become a patron. Your support is so appreciated. Everyone else, don't wait. Head over to www.patreon.com slash joyful courage and sign up to be a patron today. That's www.patreon.com slash joyful courage, all one word. Sign up today. So, so appreciate you and all the ways you support the show. And now back to the interview. Funny enough, just before we got on this call, I went to the gym and I decided because I I didn't plan on going on this tangent, Naomi. So just bear with me. I like um, tangents. Okay, good. I was, you know, normally I go to the gym and I do the elliptical and I watch like Grey's Anatomy or This Is Us or Shameless or one of my shows. And I, I'm just, I'm like, all right, I get to watch my show. And I just kind of do whatever the workout is, that the button that I've pushed on the elliptical. And I don't really... I mean, I get excited by the calories burned, but there isn't really like a, oh, yeah, I'm going to do it really hard for 30 seconds and then I'm going to relax. Like there's no plan. It's just like, hey, I got on the elliptical. Yay me, which is better than nothing. And today I went in and I decided, you know, today I am going to look up a TED Talk. I'm going to watch a TED Talk and I'm going to look up motivation. And I stumbled upon this woman named Melanie Robbins. Have you heard of her? I have not. Okay. Well, I'm going to plaster her all over my world because I actually watched two of her talks and she talks about how there's the autopilot and then there's the emergency brake. And those are really the two different parts of our brain. And we get in the habit, we have like a habit loop in the brain, which is the, you know, it, it can look like hitting the snooze button five times before you get up. It can look like having that moment of, oh, I should do yoga, but I have too many things to do, or the baby needs me, or I'm going to make some food or, you know, fill in the blank. And then the minute we decide, no, I'm going to do something different. We then have this emergency break that happens where then our ego shows up and said, no, you can't. And it fills in the blank with, and this is why, right? Mm -hmm. So anyway, she talks about this five-second rule, and she laughs about like, it's kind of a lame name because most of us know the five-second rule about how long a piece of food can be on the floor before we can (laughs) eat it. But this is different. This is a five-second countdown. And so when we have the idea of I'm going to make myself a protein shake instead of eating this bowl of chips or I'm going to get on my mat or I'm going to meditate or I'm going to take a walk with the kids, that it becomes in that moment, right when we have that that thought, we have about five seconds to act on it before our pattern shows up. And it's a countdown. So as soon as we say five in our mind, right? As soon as we go into the five, four, three, two, one, we've actually, as soon as we hit five, we've interrupted the pattern and we've set ourselves up ever better for doing something different. And by the time we get to one, she says one is when we activate or sooner, right? And so even if it's like, and the challenge she gives in one of her talks is tomorrow morning, I want you to set your alarm for a half an hour earlier. And when the alarm goes off, I want you to count down from five, four, three, two, one. And when you get to one, get up. 
Because if we wait till we feel like doing yoga or if we wait till we feel like changing our diet and being better or if we wait till we feel like doing, you know, not yelling or not snapping at our kids, it's never going to happen. And so, yeah, so this is it's so exciting to me to think about like basically tricking our brain. But really, I would say I don't really like the word tricking our brain, but really it's supporting our brain (laughs) to work Mm -hmm. for us versus against us. That's totally true, though. And I think I mean, I love that. I totally love that. And it it brings to mind also like some of the so I do a lot of like habit change work with my clients and with the programs that I run because habit change fascinates me. Yeah, me too. Even as I, everyone, even as I am fully aware of my habits and like my entire journaling session this morning was all about what the hell is wrong with me? I know what I want and I keep doing the same thing, which is not what's getting me to what I want. So full disclosure. Well, so in that vein, you should check out Gretchen Rubin if you oh, haven't yeah. yet. Um, yeah, yeah, She's phenomenal. And what she would say too about that five second rule is that she would say it kind of depends on your tendency a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, that with any habit, there are different types, right? There are different types of people and you act in different ways. And I will give like the very, very tiny, short bullet version. You know, there are people who are upholders who, you know, will do it just because, you know, they uphold. Mm-hmm. There are people who are questioners who want to know why they should be doing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they need an internal reason. So if you give them a reason that's legit, they'll be like, okay, um, and they'll do it. There are obligers who will, you know, cave more to external pressure when it comes to habits, you know, like mm-hmm. they do it for rewards or they do it, you know, for somebody else's approval or they do it, you know, because uh, not necessarily for somebody else's approval, but because somebody else does it or likes it or whatever. And then there are rebels and the rebels are like, you know, screw it all. And <laughs> I do what I want. <laughs> You can't tell me what to do. And I make my own road. Um, I'm a rebel. So habit change can be challenging for me, actually. Like the upholders will take that five second rule and they'll be like, all right, I'm do I'm getting up. But I'll tell you what, I was never a snoozer. I never snoozed my alarm until basically until uh, my husband, (laughs) until I married my husband, uh, because he's a snoozer, like he'll, you know, hit the snooze like five times. And up until then, you know, my alarm went off, I'd get up, I'd do my thing because that was what I did. And, and, uh, and now I snooze and I will count down, you know, so my alarm goes off, I turn it off and I'll, I usually count down from 10 to be fair. I'll try five tomorrow. (laughs) And like, I count down and I'm like, okay, 10, nine, eight, and I get to one and I'm like, I'll count down from 10 again. (laughs) (laughs) So your snooze button just looks a little different. Yeah. So, but, but at the same time, I love that idea though, because that that's exactly what happens when it comes to habits. The truth about habits is that you're not going to change a habit unless it's easy. You're not going to pick up a new habit unless it's convenient. You know, like our habits are based on convenience, familiarity, um, you know, like the routines that we're in. So trying to adopt a new habit actually can be incredibly challenging unless you're an upholder who's like, I'm just going to do that. Right. You know, the upholder, for example, is somebody who's like, I'm going to stop smoking. Bam. Everything is thrown in the toilet or the trash. (laughs) Like they're just done, Yeah. you know, and they don't go back ever. Right. You know, whereas a lot of other people are going to need something more, you know, so the questioner might say, for example, and again, like I go to Gretchen Rubin because I think like a lot of the work that she's done on, on habit change and, and figuring it out as a science is really smart. So I think these two, um, Melanie Robbins and, mm-hmm. and Gretchen Rubin, like they have a lot of synchronicity, but it's, they're probably friends. 
Probably. I'm sure they are. Everybody Probably in the tech get coffee. Person, I feel like everybody in tech. We'll be there one day. Yeah. <laughs> Someday. Well, yeah. You know, I always think like, what would I talk about? Um, I know, me too. I have a lot of time that I spend thinking about my TED talk. <laughs> yeah. You know, like constantly, I'm just like, what would I do? And then I'm like, I've got to fix my website. So I'm going to go to <laughs> um, you know, like, but, but so like, I just, I think when it comes to habit change, you know, we expect it to be easier than it is, you know? So yeah, when sure. mom says to me, you know, even for example, like turn, set your alarm 30 minutes earlier. Well, that's actually really hard. You know, like 30 minutes earlier is a huge change. I would say set your alarm five minutes earlier. Okay. Set your alarm five minutes earlier because that's much more realistic. Yeah. Right. Um, and then build up to th- the, the 30 minutes. Like you want to wake up 30 minutes earlier. Well, start small, you know, mm-hmm. like set, set your alarm five minutes earlier and then do your countdown and then get your butt out of bed. <laughs> like, well, and, and one of the things that Melanie Robbins says is that it's simple. It's not easy, yeah. right? but it's a simple, there are simple tweaks. And I think bringing this back to, you know, the parallels between the parenting and the yoga, you know, for me, when I talk about joyful courage and choosing in to this conscious parenting. It's a practice and we have these opportunities throughout the day to choose to react or respond, right? And I think the same, I know in my experience, and I'd love for you to talk into it, the same is that it's the same journey on the mat, right? Even if it's, am I going to take this a little bit deeper? Do I want to hold this longer? You know, because even the simplest poses, if it's, you know, if it's a yin yoga class and it's a five minute hold, damn, those quote simple poses get really intense. And throughout, you know, I'm just thinking about it at yoga as a practice, that opportunity to rub up against the ego, the inner voice that says, don't do it like this, like, let it go, give up do what's easy. Do you know what I mean? What can you speak into around that inside of the yoga practice and how you support? And because the other thing too, is making yoga accessible to everyone. Like I just, I'm, I'm feeling in this moment, all of these parallels to like making conscious parenting available and accessible to everyone. Even those people that just feel like it's so out of their reach. Oh yeah. So Oh, man. So the thing that I love most about yoga, the thing that I think distinguishes yoga or can distinguish yoga from other movement practices is that yoga, the intention is to move mindfully, to move consciously, right? The intention is to move with your breath, to connect body, mind and spirit so that you're not going on autopilot. You know, you're not checking out when you're doing yoga, you are feeling into every action, you are engaged in every action, you are asking yourself, how does this feel? You know, do I feel aligned? Do I feel good? Do I feel weird? You know, like, Mm -hmm. does this feel right? Does this feel different? Like you're in in constant conversation with yourself. Um, In fact, I like to think of yoga as a conversation. So if you took class with me, you know, uh, in real life, or even online, truthfully, I expect people to talk back to me when I teach, you know, um, like I, I like conversation, you know, I ask questions of my students when I teach because I don't want you checking out. And also like, I could talk to myself really easily at home. I don't need to do that in front of a room full of people, you know, like Mm -hmm. if I'm in a room full of people who've come to learn from me, the only way that we can learn is if we engage in conversation. Mm. So one of my teachers once said, there are two different types of of teachers. There are facilitators, 
and there are educators. Mm -hmm. So a facilitator, you know, and one is not better than the other. So I want to be really clear about that. So for example, a facilitator might lead like a restorative yoga class. And the entire objective of facilitating that class is facilitating rest, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. Um, Just getting people to be completely relaxed and let go and just feel really good and to leave feeling like they're walking on clouds, um, to leave feeling less stressed out. Um, somebody who's facilitating a meditation class would be the same thing. You're facilitating an experience, but an educator teaches, right? An educator goes in and says, okay, let's talk about this. Let's break it down. Let's understand it more. Let's talk about how it impacts your body. And does this work for you? And does it not work for you? Or do you like it? (laughs) You know, do you hate it? Um, why are we doing this pose right now? Mm -hmm. You know, so so that really impacted my teaching. I tend to be much more of an educator. I don't often teach restorative yoga. I, I do a little bit more now because I'm a parent and I need more restorative yoga in my life, but I'm more of an educator. You know, like the, the whole thing for me is I want you to be in conversation with yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, I want you to engage with yourself and I want to be a part of that. I want to engage with you too. So that if you have questions about it, like let's figure it out together. Um, because if, if you're not in conversation with yourself, you know, when you're practicing, then you're not really going to know what's going on mm-hmm. in your body. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and this, again, tends to be why, for me, I, I prefer yoga practices and teachers who engage in conversation. Like, there are a lot of styles of yoga that just aren't for me because they're much more like, you do what I say, you don't question, you don't, <laughs> I've put you in this pose, you know, <laughs> I organize your body this way, you do what I say, and then we move on to the next one. And, um, and those are very, in my opinion, um, very checked out practices, right? There's not a lot of, you know, conversation going on. There's not a lot of questioning going on. And, uh, you know, I, I like more questioning. I like, I like more engagement. Um, I love that. that. I love that because I always want to (laughs) talk. Yoga. I want to moan and groan, and I want to ask questions, and it doesn't always feel available. Um, And important, man. Like, yeah. Well, especially considering, like, there's, you know, I, I always tell the teacher at the start of the class, like, touch my body, please adjust me, please, like, come over and help me be in the have proper form and. All the things, right? And I also love what you just said and how it connects to something that just last night, even as I worked with parents, I talked to them about um, and with clients being transparent in what's happening when it's happening with our kids and with our partners. And it, you know, and I, what you said about it, you know, it bring it keeps us out of automatic pilot, right? So it's mm-hmm. so powerful to be able to say, you know, this is how I'm feeling right now. And this is where I'm pulled to go. And I don't think this is going to be helpful to you or to me. So I'm going to do X, Y, Z to help myself like the whole dialogue and putting it out into the space, I think is so useful to the to us, the parent. But also, it's such powerful modeling for our kids and our people to see us actively working through our current moment, especially Mm -hmm. when it feels, you know, like, ah, I kind of want to freak out right now. 
Yeah. But I don't want to freak out right now. But everything in my body is pulling me towards the freak out. So this is what I'm going to do. Right. And and I think that, too, in yoga, you know, what I'm hearing you say, especially with the, you know, having that internal dialogue, that it is a choosing in. It is a I'm going to hold this, even though my legs are shaking and my sweat's dripping off me. Even though it's uncomfortable, I'm st- I'm going to stay here and be with the discomfort. I think the sa- that same, quote, practice is exactly what, you know, myself and others who do this work invite parents into. Like, yeah, there's a lot. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilled Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of TILT is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the TILT Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a No Guilt Mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model. So that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt-free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Get Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. Of discomfort in parenting. Oh, yeah. You know, and we and we can handle it. We can be with it. And we don't realize that we can be with it until we actively choose to stay in the discomfort. Oh, I love that so much. I love that as a metaphor for parenting, actually. And I I had I'd never really envisioned it in that way. So thank you for that. Um, You're welcome. TED Talk. There's my TED Talk. (laughs) Yeah, there's your TED Talk right there. Be in the discomfort. But that's that's actually like, you know, it's a yoga theme. You know, if you went Mm -hmm. to a yoga class, it might be like, we're going to do standing poses today and you're going to hold the standing poses for like a minute. Be in the discomfort. Yeah. Um, And on the other hand, you know, like there are times when you shouldn't be in the discomfort too, you know, like, and I think that's part of the conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, with, with yourself, it's like, well, is this pain or is this therapeutic irritation? <laughs> you know, like, Ooh, I like that. Is, I like that phrase, therapeutic irritation. That's good, right? Um, 
but it's but but there's also that fine line I think you know in yoga and in parenting between you know is this being in the discomfort am I holding space am I holding space for my parenting am I holding space for my kids am I you know being in this really tough moment and choosing not to blow up or you know, is this a moment where actually like, I need to release a little bit? Is this a moment where like, I do get angry? Is this a moment where, you know, I do get much more clear about boundaries, you know, Mm -hmm. like, there's, I think, you know, that's so much of the parallel between yoga and parenting is so much in that conversation. It's Mm -hmm. so much in being the in the discomfort, it is so much in, you know, being conscious of the choices that you're making. And when you do screw up, which, happens for me like every day you know like when you, you do both, girl <laughs> yeah, you know when you do say things to your kids you're like man I did not mean for that to come out of my mouth at all <laughs> not even a little bit you know to be able to say okay what would have I what would I have done differently mm-hmm. you know and to say to my kid like hey you know mommy shouldn't have said that like that mm-hmm. wasn't very nice of mommy I'm sorry <laughs> you know um and you need, you know, and, and, you know, just to, to be able to say that and to say, you know, if I do that again, you have to tell me that that's not nice. You have mm-hmm. to remind me that it's not a nice thing to do. Yeah. You know, just, just like, you know, when you hit your brother, I remind you that that's not a nice thing to do. Like, right. you know, there, there have to be parallels there too. And I think being able to create conscious conversations with my kids and, you know, um, parallels even between, what I'm doing and, you know, what they're doing with each other and what they're doing with their lives and, you know, all of that. Like, I think that starts young. I don't think that we teach that to our kids when they're teenagers. Right. Well, and I love that, like, it's really helping them to connect the dots. Yeah. And I, and I love that. Um, and we've talked about that before on the podcast, just giving them permission to be our allies and to be our, um, our helpers, our supporters, because life is messy. And this whole human thing is really messy. And we have to ask for help. And, you know, and being transparent, I think is just so powerful, so powerful. So when you have people, and I'm guessing you probably have people that come to you and say, well, I've always I've been thinking about yoga, or I've always wanted to do yoga, but here's what gets in my way. What are some baby steps that you support um, parents with? so that they can give yoga a try? Oh, yeah. Okay. So um, so the first thing that I say to parents is very similar to what I said about the waking up earlier. I say start Mm -hmm. small. Mm -hmm. Um, I think a lot of parents presume that they have to do like a 30-minute practice or an hour-long practice because that's what they do when they go to a yoga class. Mm -hmm. But that's not the case. I say start with five. Aim for five minutes and do your favorite pose. If, like, and this is for people who've been to yoga before. So I want right. to, you know, create a little bit of clarity there. If you've been to yoga before, think about your very favorite pose, even if it's Shavasana, like, which is, you know, for those who are not as yoga savvy, um, Shavasana is that very final pose in yoga, which is basically like adult nap time, um, where you're lying on your back with your <laughs> eyes closed, um, which I did not fully appreciate by the way, until I was a parent. I just want to be 100% yeah. straight about that. Um, but, um, you know, so for some people, it might be child's pose, or it might be Shavasana, or it might be downward facing dog, or it might be cat cow. It doesn't really matter what it is. Do your favorite pose, and then do it again. 
you know, and then do another pose that you remember. doesn't matter what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, again, it could be like, you could be doing all of the like lying down poses. It's like, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Like this is for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and just start there. Um, I often, you know, like I will suggest things to people, you know, like doing cat cow or doing a sun salutation if they're more familiar or do like three standing poses. Like there are a lot of ways that, that, um, that you can use up that five minutes. But, you know, usually I'll just say like, these are some of the things that you can do. Here are some ideas, like pick your favorite poses, do all of them, set a timer, mm-hmm. you know, set a timer for five minutes. When that timer is done, you're done, like walk away. Mm-hmm. And you might be pissed off, like the timer's done. And you're like, wait, but wait, but I want more, you know, like, nope, call it good and walk away. Because the truth is, is that, you know, if you leave wanting more, you are so much more likely to do it tomorrow. Oh, I love that. You know, like if, if, if you sort of keep going and then you kind of run out of steam, you're just like, eh, that was okay. Like, but if you leave sort of going, wow, I really wish that I'd had more time. You are so much more likely to, you know, make the time for it, you know, to make your practice more of a priority. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of where I start. I personally have, um, some resources for people who are newer to yoga. So I have a beginner series that's on YouTube, um, in my YouTube channel that's, just five videos and, uh, it, they're all less than 20 minutes. I think most of them are 15 minutes, but it's kind of walking people through the, you know, foundational aspects of yoga and breaking down some of these poses because, uh, they can be really confusing. Mm -hmm. Um, Listeners, I'll be sure to have Naomi's links to everything she's talking about in the show notes for sure. Thank you. Promise all easy to get to. Um, and I'm also going to be offering that as an email series so that, you know, because people go on YouTube and they'll do like that first beginner's class and they're like, that was fun. And then they won't do it the next day. (laughs) So, um, so I'm going to offer that as an email series too, so that people can get that in their inbox, like every day, like these five classes. Mm -hmm. Um, but I also have a, um, a free program called transform chaos to calm. Mm. And it's a seven day program. It's actually technically eight days. I call it a seven day program, but it's, I'm kind of being sneaky because there's one more like aspect to it and it's, um, daily yoga and meditation. And I teach in that free program how to do a five minute practice every day, basically based around one pose. So you get Mm -hmm. a single pose every single day. Um, a video of me doing that pose. And then like some of the other poses that you could do with it, you know, like what you, what might you do if you only did downward facing dog, like what else would go really well with it, you know? Um, and I give some, you know, hints for how to incorporate yoga into your practice and into your everyday and, uh, you know, just some habit change sort of stuff in there. And I also offer daily meditations, you know, in the form of audios so that people who want a little bit, because usually people who do that program are like, I do a lot of yoga, but not enough meditation, or I'm pretty good at meditation, but I don't do yoga. So they mm-hmm. kind of like use it to fill in the blanks. But in the very first part of that program, um, I teach people how to create a weekly mantra. And so the very first day is how do I set myself up for the week ahead? You know, so a mantra, uh, the, the word mantra simply means, um, the two, it's a tool for your mind. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the word man is, uh, is like, is your mind, is thoughts, um, and tra, this is in Sanskrit, just by the way, yeah. um, not made up, um, <laughs> I, I could just make it up. mantra <laughs> according to Naomi, <laughs> right? Totally trust me. Um, but the word tra, uh, it, it, you can think of it as like a loom, you know, or, um, a machine. So mm-hmm. mantra is a machine for your thoughts. 
So it's a way for you to process your thoughts and to use a particular word or phrase to help you navigate your own thoughts and to move through your life or your week or your day a little bit more intentionally or skillfully. So I start with that in the free program and then every day, you know, you get like a new a new pose to practice. And so what a lot of people have said is like, oh, I didn't realize how easy it was to practice yoga. I just do one pose. It's awesome. And that's Yay. it, you know? Yeah. Um, so those two, I think, are are my my best tools for people who want to add a little bit of yoga into their lives. Oh my gosh, I'm totally signing up for your seven day program. <laughs> is that something that's just like all the time, like downloadable? Yeah, it's cool. evergreen. Although okay, not, great. not quite yet. I need to put it okay. up on my website, but it's very, very soon. So. Okay, well tell me when <laughs> and I'll make sure that this show goes out so that we can tell the people. It will be up by that time. I 100% great. promise. Perfect. <laughs> All right. So in the kind of your own website, your uh, own oh, girl. it's like, you know, it's crazy. I oh. know. <laughs> Believe me. I know. Um, oh. So in the context of all that we've talked about today, what does joyful courage mean to you, Naomi? So I love so part of the reason that I was so jazzed to be featured on your podcast is that I love the idea of joyful courage. Um I, I think, you know, when I think about joyful courage, you know, like there's a part of me that is, is actually reminded of a dear friend of mine um, who died, uh, so not to get all dark and sad, um, mm-hmm. but she loved climbing mountains. And I mean, she was six feet tall and like, I mean, basically like all Amazon woman, you know, mm-hmm. and she like, she would just take on everything with this zest for life, you know? And um, in everything that she did, you know, so whether it was climbing mountains or trying to raise a puppy or doing, you know, stream samples, you know, like checking water, it was just with this, you know, absolute utter joy. Um, But she was also, you know, like she would take on these challenges and she would do it with just this like, you know, well, life is meant to be lived. Mm -hmm. And um, and so I, you know, she she passed away, actually, um, in 2005. So it's been quite a long time. Um, she was young, so she was 23. She had not yet turned 24. And it was the same year that I got my yoga teacher training. And I try to live my life with that spirit now, you know, with Mm -hmm. the idea of like, you know, this zest for life, you know, that things are going to be hard, things are going to be challenging, but damn it, I am going to climb that mountain because, if I didn't, how would I feel? You know, if I didn't, you know, like what, what would my life really feel like to me? And so that's sort of the try, the thing that I try to, you know, teach my kids. And it's really, you know, challenging sometimes, you know, to encourage them to climb mountains. My kids are five and not yet two. Um, but I, I want to share with them because, you know, my, my five-year-old has, has that in her. She has that unquenchable thirst for, for life. And she is so joyful. And so like, I think of her when I think of joyful courage, I think Mm -hmm. of, you know, this idea that like life is meant to be lived and it is not easy and there are challenges, but those mountains are meant to be climbed no matter what. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, that's, I, I try to impart that to my kids, you know, even in the really mundane moments, you know, when we're sitting at home and watching TV instead of outside climbing the mountains. Yeah. But, you know, it's like, you know, what do you want to do? How do you want to live your life? You know, like joyful courage. I think that it's, 
like that is a beautiful vision of how I want to move through the world. Hmm. Thank you. Beautiful. Well, and then finally, where can listeners find you and follow your work? So I am super duper easy to find. I'm all over the interwebs everywhere. Um, (laughs) although I am not the most tech savvy person I'm working on it. Um, so my website is ConsciousHealthyMama.com. You can find me there. You can find me under that same handle on uh, Instagram and Facebook. And I'm pretty active on both of those. I'm on Twitter, but I don't really pay much attention to that. And <laughs> you and me both. It's like, it's a thing that, like, I use it more for activisty stuff, to be perfectly honest. I don't really like pay attention to it for business anymore for yeah. like connecting with people. Um, but on YouTube, I also have a YouTube channel and my YouTube channel, I offer weekly yoga practices that are all less than 25 minutes, except for one, <laughs> there's one that's more than 25 minutes long. Um, but they're all really short and they're free. So, you know, if you want to start a yoga practice, I have practices that are meant for beginners, you know, they're almost entirely meant for beginners and people who are newer to yoga. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really offer any super duper advanced stuff on my YouTube channel. So you can find me there um, under Naomi Gottlieb Miller. That would be the easiest way to find me. Although you can probably find me under Conscious Healthy Mama there as well. Cool. But the YouTube channel is Naomi Gottlieb Miller. So yeah, yeah. Well, listeners, yeah. you know, I'll, we will have all of those links in the show notes. Naomi, thank you so much for coming on and talking to me today. This has been so fun. Oh, it's been super fun for me too. Thank you for having me. I I've loved every second of it. Yay. Joyful Courage community, you're amazing. Big thanks and love to my team, including my producer, Chris Mann at Podshaper. Be sure to join in the discussion over at the Live and Love with Joyful Courage group page, as well as the Joyful Courage business page on Facebook and Instagram. Subscribe to the show through Apple Podcasts or really anywhere you find your favorite podcasts. You can view the current Joyful Courage swag over at the webpage, intention cards, bracelets, e-course offers, the membership program, one-on-one coaching. It's all waiting for you to take a look. Simply head to www.joyfulcourage.com slash yes. That's joyfulcourage.com slash Y-E-S to find more support for your conscious parenting journey. Any comments or feedback about this show or any others can be sent to Casey at joyfulcourage.com. I personally read and respond to all the emails that come my way. Reach out, take a breath, drop into your body, find the balcony seat and trust that everyone is going to be okay. Everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory. Two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And this is our new podcast, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. What happens when your creative spark just seems to disappear? Gone. Poof. Bye. See ya. What happens when life gets in the way of your creativity instead of nourishing it? That's what happened to Molly and me. We felt like the thing that drove us creatively stopped working and impending doom had in fact impended. Totally. So we decided to do something about it. And that was steal ideas about getting unstuck from the most creative people we can find. We talked to guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. 
We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. And we're not just talking Bob Ross type paint on paper artists here, though we talk to them too. We're talking to actors, creative directors, dancers, and people who are working hard to be their best creative selves in a world that can sometimes feel real uncreative. We all have something to teach each other, so let's steal their ideas together. Join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Pandemics, school calendars, world events, lack of sleep, oh, get out of their life gunk. And let's get back to your best creative self. Subscribe to Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. You're not going to want to miss an episode. Unsticking It with Blair and Molly, because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking